Great to see you all. My name is Phil, and I am uh, um, intern. I'm doing my internship here as uh, as OIC, and this is my first time preach to all of you, and also preach in English. I hope that uh, it will be going fine, and with the potential that seven billion people may hear it again on podcast. So, no stress at all, right? What a great day! Great day. Thank you, Lord, for the sons and the chance to preach. So um, today we have a very, very like long passage from the Gospel of Luke, and the story begins with a person from the crowd. Um, for the record, that uh, before having a crowd with Jesus, he was like uh, have a lot of teaching with his disciple about different topics, about uh, the um, hypocrisy from the Pharisees and. A lot of things. And then there's one guy come to Jesus and he asking him, could you please, Jesus, help me to, you know, um, to, sh- to ask my brothers to give me the inheritance that belongs to me. And look at right now, like in the 21st century, like no one come to Michael and ask him, yeah, can you help me to... Divide the inheritance of my fathers with me, for me. Uh, but back then, during Jesus' time, it was really normal things. Uh, actually, in the book of Deuteronomy, um, the father's possession will be divided to his sons. And however, the oldest one will got double portions. So for this case, this guy maybe feel like, oh, I'm the oldest one, and yeah, I should have two, but my um, brothers take all of this. Or like he's the like, little brother, and they say, oh, my brothers do not deserve all of this. I should have, been, have more. So, but then, then that's why he come to Jesus. But Jesus declined to doing that, and he now focus on the greater things he wants to deal with. That's why this come the parables. Jesus usually talked to uh, teaching people by parables. And now the parable comes up. Before that, Jesus makes a statement. Take care and be on your guard against on covetousness. For one life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So here in the parables, first of all, Jesus addressed the issue of greedies. So why greedy is so important that Jesus have to deal with. So, uh, and then Jesus come up with the parables. A rich man whose land produced plentifully that, so that his barn does not have enough space to store on his uh, crops. So then he tried to rebuild his barn. And then he told to himself that when he finally built the bigger bonds, and then his soul will satisfy. Um, uh, during the time of Jesus, agriculture is very, very important. Uh, 80% of the Jewish uh, or the Israelites, they work in the farm. Even though, you know, the, the, the lands of uh, Israel was the promised land, but Sadly, they only produce like 10 to 15% of what they sow. So therefore, having a land 
and a lot of land will get you rich. And come with rich, that means power and authority. And you know they are living in the Roman Empire, and when you have authority and power, you can do a lot of things, right? You can like uh, have rules with you, have friendship gather with you, doing like whatever you want, and you can get more and more money. Come with money, come with power, I guess. So, yeah, so that he is. And he's really not just rich, but he is really smart guy, because like normally if he have that barn, he can why not tear it down and. I mean, like, build another one instead of tearing it down, right? But he chose to reconstruct his old building because he can save the land so that he can more and more crops. And he can do it, uh, he had more influence within the village that he was living in, right? Uh, like, he can store the crops and then he can sell it later. Like, and then he had more land, also more money. But by contrast with his intelligence, God says to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things that you have been repaired, whose will they be? So is the one who lay up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Even though we can see that the landowner is very, very intelligent, but God does not count him as a smart guy. He even called him the fool once because he failed to recognize the fleeting natures of his, his life. He tried to make a lot of money just in keep enough for him to live for a few hours before God called him back his life that he has given for him. The man gathered treasures for himself but he failed to grow rich as regard from God. He does fail to in, in, um, he does fail in the end even gather wealth for himself. And now his toy is vanities, like chasing after the wind. So this is the first sections of today um, passes, and then it should serve as the part for the next part that Jesus, what Jesus teach to his disciple. So now, after confronting with the crowd about the greedies, now Jesus turned back to his disciple and talked to him. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your bodies, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the bodies more than clothing. If the first part, Jesus raised up the issues of greed, the issue that people tend to gain more for them and keep it for themselves to satisfy their own life. Now Jesus come up to the, the, the second issue about anxiety, anxiousness. And this issue rely to his disciple. Because you, I, I believe that most of you will be familiar with the disciple. Most of them are not rich at all. Actually, some of them give up their whole life to follow Jesus. Like Peter or John, he's the 
fishermen, and then they gave up their careers to follow Jesus. And even Matthew, his tech collector, he gave up his life to follow Jesus. I, I bet that if they live in our society right now, they really enjoy Zoom and working from distance, right? Like most of us. Here Jesus challenged the disciple from worry about the substance that they really need in life. What they will put on and what they will eat. These are basic needs of human. And but Jesus told them that you should not worry or anxious about this. And then Jesus gave us a few reasons that we should not be anxious about what we really need or what help us to survive this life. Uh, in, uh, in verse 23, can, can you do it on the screen, please? Yes. Uh, in 20, uh, what, 23, for life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God fit them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Have any of you familiar with ravens? Yes, one, two, three. Oh, great. I have no idea about them. I don't know who... who <laughs> I watched them on uh, national televisions or whatever, but uh, I don't know them. But there's another bird that get may suit with that situation. Um, alb albatross, albatross, like the very loudest bird, like wah, 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 wah. like you can see them on Oslo S and like uh, yeah seagull uh, and uh, acapricus. They are really loud. They fly together and they're stealing people's food, right? Once of my friends actually got, still, got stolen by the bird and said, ah, no, no more Burger King in Oslo S because of the bird. <laughs> well, have you ever wondered how could they survive? Are they stealing food all the time? Like, or, yeah, they can eat fish. But who provides them fish? Who teaches them how to catch fish? There's the creator for them. God who really feed them and provide them food. Give them the instant of, you need to find fit and to catch them. By using the image of the bird, Jesus fixed his disciple faith on God, the provider, Jehovah Zireh. We may miss the fact that most of Jesus' disciples is not rich, right? And, and using this image, really come to them, to, to help them to realize that, well, there's the one who really provide for the bird. So how about me? And that's why Jesus said to them, of how much more value are you than the bird? You are treasures with the, for God. You are God's properties. You are God's um, creatures, and he treasures you, and he loves you. And he wants to provide you everything you need for this life, and, and more than that. So the worries of survival, even though it seems legit, but according to, but Jesus do not want them to just consider or worry about like how to survive in this life. So the first reason, reason that 
us and the disciples should not be worried about our life is because we have God who really cares for us. And, 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 and for, for the record here, uh, we, we, say, we see that in the verse 24 that even though the ravens does not sow or rep, but yeah, Jesus does not give us the idea that oh, we should not work anything, we just stay at home and being like playing video games and, and do not really work. He does not give us that idea, but he wants us to work in a different way. He wants to give us a mindset and the purpose of our life that when we work, it will be really flourishing. And we, we can come back to this uh, point later. But the second reason that Jesus' disciple must not be anxious because it's ineffective. Could you please turn to 20, uh, verse 25 and 26? Yes, 25. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small things as that, why are you anxious about the rest? I really, really enjoy these verses because, you know, if we can, by anxious, we can add one hour to our life, yeah, I should do that, and I should have, like, two or three years more with my life. But, but then Jesus said that if you, you, by being anxious, you can add one hour, and adding one hour to your life for him is such a small thing. It's not a big deal for him. But if you can even add one hour to your life, why should you anxious? It's ineffective. Um, I, I really like the uh, example of a preacher, not, not a teacher from a university that I watch from Instagram. Like he gives us the ideas of a cup of water or maybe, like, for example, like this. If you hold this for like 12 seconds, it's nothing, right? But how about holding the full, a full box of this for two years, three years? Yeah, it's become heavy, right? Your hand like shaking after like one hour. If you keep worrying, if you keep being anxious about life, about what, you, what God has already given you and, and what God will give you, so it's not really effective for your life and it does not give you a flourishing life and, and yeah, come on. It's not worth it to be anxious about your basic need because as the first point that we have a God who really care for us. And if we can move on Jesus one more time using the, the beauties from the natures. He using the ideas of the lilies, the flowers that flourish, uh, that flourish uh, in the morning and then being um, destroyed in the evening. And even that beauty, that flowers, he, Jesus compared is to Solomon. Solomon is the third king of the, king, uh, the kingdom of Israel. And this guy, he's really, really rich. For the record, if he liked grape, right? The food that he can, uh, the fruit that he can eat, he doesn't need to buy the grape. He buy the whole land of the the fruit, so he can take all of it. But Jesus compared the lilies to the glory of Solomon, and he said, "Is the beauty of lily is much more better than Solomon robes?" 
Even Solomon in all his glory was not arranged like one of the lilies. So we have a God, a creator, who really loves us and he cares for us personally. And then you should not be anxious about life, about what you need in life, because God cares for us. We, we come to the next boy. Um, God is our fathers. Um, from verse 29, do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your fathers knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and this thing will be added to you. Jesus, give us and the disciple the new ideas of God. God is your father. Well, back then in the Old Testament time, the image of God like as a father has been used in the book of Isaiah, but mainly for the metaphor because God is the creator and basically everything, uh, every children is the son of God, but the Israelites don't take it like in that way, in the sense that God is really a personal father, but take them as a metaphor. But here Jesus called the fathers, called God is his fathers, and also your fathers. Well, it's really a radical teaching here because Jesus, because he called God the Father, he was threatened to be stoned a few times in the, in the Gospel of John. But here, God telling us that your Father knows that you need. Your perception of God plays an important role in your life and is play important vital role for the way you handle possessions. If the first uh, part when in the parables when Jesus was talking about the guys who kind of uh, take everything for himself and he have no purpose in his life apart from being rich. But here Jesus telling us that we have a God, a God who cares for us, and the perspective that we have in him should change the way we handle our money, our possessions. We come to the, the fourth point that God's kingdom has arrived, but not yet fully. Um, here, yes, uh, 31. Instead, seek his kingdom, and this thing will be added to you. Fear not, little folks, for it is your father's good pleasures to give you the kingdom. Um, and next one, please. Uh, sell your possessions and give to the needies. Provide yourself with money bags that you do not grow old, with a treasures in the heavens that does not fail. When a fifth approach and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there will, be, uh, there will your heart be also. Uh, the fourth point that I want to, to tell you guys is God's kingdom has arrived, but not yet in full. Uh, 
One of Jesus' mission on earth is to bring God's kingdom to us, and this is where people can enter through Him, through faith in Jesus Christ. In His kingdom, there will be justice, liberty to the captivities, no more disease. Here we can truly enjoy the flourishment in life. Throughout the life of Jesus Christ on earth, we are witnessing, especially in the book of Luke, we witness things that God's kingdom is on earth. We see Jesus heal people. He called people from the death. We see Jesus set people free from, the, uh, from their sins. And if we look to the book of Acts, Jesus actually, the disciples experienced that they are get liberty from captivities. Although right now we are living, is not fully, his kingdom had not fully arrived within us, like in this world, because we are still looking for the time that the second coming of Jesus. But we can taste the goodness, the fruit of his kingdom right now. Oh, I say, do you know that you are God's fruit and also you are his agent to the world at the same time? You are the fruit of his kingdom. That means you, can, you have been transformed by the renewal of your mind. Your mind will no longer set um, from the early things, right? Your mind is set to the kingdom of God, to the to the near futures, that the eternity. And then you no longer live with the mindset of the material world. It still affects you, but it's no longer the purpose of your life, the target of your whole life. You will not work for the sake of your own status. You will not work for the sake of money, for the sake of your living a, a bank, a serving bank account. No long, money is no longer your ultimate purpose of life. You do not need to try to survive your life, but you can live it um, in full. Jesus and the Holy Spirit become the source of your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God's kingdom is the factor that transforms your life. Through Jesus, your life can be transformed. And finally, the band can come up. You become the agents of God's kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money back that does not grow old, with the treasures in the heavens that does not fail. When no thief approach and no moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In, in the first parable, the guy failed to recognize the need of the society. He forget the fact that he is living within his own community. He just think about himself. But right now, we are, we are not like him. We're living within the kingdom of God. And, and do you not know that at OIC, every time you, um, your, uh, every 
10% of your generosities have been working for the kingdom of God. Not just here at OIC also, but we have engaged with the ministry, with the people in Thailand. And last year, a kingdom garden has been built there. And NMS has been hosted a different event to raise awareness of children's rights and safety within their household. And in Hong Mai, and Hong Mai is a village in Thailand and Bangkok, last year they have been given more than um, up to more thousand food and necessary for people in Christmas time. You know what? Your generosity really worked for the kingdom of God. That is one of the reasons that Jesus gives us the idea that we are living in the world, but we are not belong to the world. We're working for the kingdom of God. So now, oh, I see you are God chosen and you have been saved by faith through grace. You not work this life to pursue of your own um, selfishness anymore, any longer. But you are living this life in fullness to pursue the kingdom of God. And, and let focus and seek after his kingdom. And all that you need will be added to you. Let Jesus Christ be glorified in your life. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you that you may know that he is gracious towards you. And may the Lord turn his face towards each and every one of you into the reality of your lives, into the days of darkness and the days of joy and light. And that in all of them, he may bring you of his peace. So go in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and serve the world and serve each other and the Lord joyfully.